You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Southside Baptist Church, located in Florence, South Carolina. We now have two services, a classic service at 8.30 and a modern service at 11 o'clock. For more up-to-date information, check us out at southsidenow.church. Amen. Let's give applause to our Lord Jesus Christ, the light of the world. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. If you're new here, you're watching online, you're thinking, why do some of these people, why are they dressed weird for Christmas? Something each and every year that we have, we have our ugly Christmas sweater Sunday. And, um, man, we always have usually a couple of guys really take it to another level. The pools, Miss Mary and her husband, um, you know, man, looking, uh, looking very Christmassy. Strickland back here, you and your wife, that's very good. Tim Hahn somewhere, there's Tim Hahn right there. And the one guy wore a Clemson um, shirt, uh, Linton, youth pastor's dad there. And uh, so, and uh, someone in the first service wore an Ohio State sweater. They did. They did. And um, <laughs> all right, if we can get the light on for this series, that'd be great light of the world. There we go. Okay. Not sure why I keep having those issues, but here we are. Oh, Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It says, at the time of the Roman emperor, Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census when Cornelius was, uh, was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth to, uh, into Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Let us pray. Father, as we dive into your word and as we are challenged tonight, I pray that that we're reminded how God became flesh and dwelt among us. That there was a night, it was a night divine, a night in which heaven touched earth. And I pray that we don't miss the point and the purpose of Christmas. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So maybe um, in your family, I'm sure, more than likely, that you have some Christmas traditions. Maybe in your home you have a time in which you get together and you start to decorate cookies. Maybe you have your mother's chocolate fudge. Maybe you end up having those peanut butter blossoms, which I think there's a there's a close fight of which is best Christmas, um, you know, uh, sweet, whether it's fudge or peanut butter blossoms. And maybe in your family, you start to decorate the day after Thanksgiving, you're ready to get the Christmas tree up. Some of you are like, that's sacrilegious to have your Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving. Then there's some of you well, you keep it up year-round, and that's, you know, whatever you want to do. It's a free country, right? It's a free country. We all have our different little traditions, and uh, they help us remember and make us feel good. Nothing wrong with traditions, and um, it's uh, something something good for, uh, for us to do. What's interesting, there's some traditions in some other countries that um, are a little bit different than here in America. For example, in South Africa, a Christmas Day delicacy is a deep-fried caterpillar of the uh, impure moth 
you know, in the South, we dip, deep fry everything. Why not a moth? Eat the, uh, you didn't seem too excited about that. <laughs> then, much better, in Greenland, there's a favorite, um, a Christmas favorite of raw whale skin served with blubber. In Australia, children dread the possible arrival of Krampus, a Christmas devil who beats naughty children with branches. I'm not saying it's the end of the world if we implement a little bit of that, right? That might put the fear of God in the kid. Okay, maybe not. All right. So in Germany, there is a pickle that is hidden in the Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. And the first child to find it on Christmas gets a small gift. Then last but not least, in the Czech Republic, if you're a single lady, the tradition is to have your back to the front door and you throw a shoe over your left shoulder. And if the shoe is pointing towards the door, you are getting married that next year. So there you go. Check it out. You know, we also have Christmas traditions when you, maybe there's certain favorite songs that you like to listen to. There's some wonderful songs that probably near, dear to your heart from some of the stuff from Frank Sinatra to Bean Crosby to Nat King Cole. Like those, I love listening to those old classics of Christmas. And, um, and there, there are some, though, that you do hear, especially in department stores usually, um, that everyone has... A Christmas song, it sounds like bad to say, that you hate. There's just one song, maybe two, you're like, oh my goodness. Can I share what mine is? All right. Uh, My least favorite song is simply having a wonderful Christmas time by the Beatles. I I can't listen to it. I don't want to hear it. It's just, I just, I don't know why. Maybe it's the Beatles. I don't. I know some of you probably love the Beatles. Not. I, I mean, I'm not anti-Beatles, but man, I just can't. But my favorite song, especially when it's sung by Nat King Cole, is "Oh Holy Night." It's one of my favorite songs. And this is how it goes. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to read part of it here. But um, is is on the chorus. It says, "Fall on your knees, oh, hear the angel voices." O night divine, O night when Christ was born, O night divine, O night, O night divine. And verse 2 goes, truly he taught us to love one another, and I love this. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise, we let all within us praise his holy name. And the bridge is, O night divine. O night divine, when love arrived, O holy night. It was a divine night when Jesus entered our world. It was that. Heaven touched earth, God became man, and Christmas comes each and every year. And have you ever noticed there's some, there's some Christmases where it feels more like Christmas than, than, than others? Maybe you feel that way right now. Maybe you're like, it just doesn't feel like Christmas. And, and granted, the older you get, you know, you've heard it said, man, the, the faster time seems to move and we feel that way at times. But maybe it doesn't feel like Christmas to you. Maybe it doesn't feel like Christmas because, well, you lost a loved one and you're not really looking forward to it. Maybe it feels more like Christmas because as some of our families have experienced, you're, you're either you just had a baby or you're expecting a baby. 
which, by the way, the Lees had their baby Friday, Mr. Eldon Lee, and so very excited for them. And, and uh, if you're not sure who Evan is, he plays the electric guitar up here oftentimes. So very happy for them. And maybe maybe it's the weather. Maybe you're used to being cold when it's Christmas and it's a little bit warmer. It doesn't feel like Christmas. We like to, for it to feel like Christmas. Maybe the real issue is the reason it doesn't feel like Christmas. You simply have not watched enough of the Hallmark Christmas movies in your life. You just need a little, you just need a day of just watching Hallmark Christmas Channel. But I've noticed this, that in Scripture and also just even in life, there are four types of people this Christmas. There are those who are ignorant of the divine. They're ignorant of really what Christmas is all about. They're kind of like the innkeeper. Now, in most of our Bibles, it says innkeeper. But in reality, there was no inn, even in Bethlehem. But in fact, it's even worse than just an innkeeper who just missed the fact that Joseph and Mary came. It was the whole town. And maybe the whole town wasn't prepped. Maybe they were overwhelmed because so many people were coming to Bethlehem to pay their taxes. And and it was not uncommon for you to put up somebody if they were traveling in a way of kindness or a way of just a side hustle possibly or making a little extra money. And I, I don't know. It doesn't say anything. But what we do know is they showed up to Bethlehem and there was no lodging for them. There was nothing but a manger. And you know, there are those who are ignorant of the divine. There are those who ignore the divine. We see this in the Christmas story with Herod, King Herod. He knew about it. He heard about it. And he ignored it. And in fact, it was a threat to him. And around him, he had the leading priest. He had religious teachers and leaders. And they ignored it. They even knew scripture. Then there are those who seek. They seek the divine. They seek what is divine. They seek Jesus. The shepherds and the wise men in this story, they were seekers. Then there are those who waited. They eagerly waited on the Messiah to come. That would have been, in our story, Simeon, who was at the temple. It would have been Anna. And wherever, whatever category you fall into right now, and you might be surprised and go, there's no way anyone's ignorant of Christmas. Yeah, there is. There are people I know in this town right here, not in, they didn't grow up in church. They got saved later in life. I heard him, I heard him telling me myself. If I mentioned his name, most of you would know who it is, but... He said, you know, until I was in my 30s, I didn't even know really the Christmas story. Yeah, I'd heard of Jesus. I knew Christmas and Santa Claus, but I, I really didn't know the Christmas story. And maybe that's you. Maybe you really don't know the Christmas story. And I would encourage you to dive in and not miss these Sundays in which we're having. But it's a reminder to us that Christmas isn't about you. It's about him. It's about being reminded that we're called to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Kind of like my shirt, birthday boy, birthday boy. And uh, someone in the, a couple people in the first service says, oh, it's your birthday? I'm like, no, it's, it's Jesus right here. Like, don't miss. This is, I know he didn't look like this. We don't even, we, we know Jesus had a beard, but we don't even know if he had long hair. The Bible doesn't say he had long hair. 
We know he had hair, but we're not sure about the length of his hair. The Bible never mentions that. So I want to encourage you, don't miss what Christmas is all about. So let's break this down a little bit. How can someone miss Christmas, miss miss that night divine about what Christmas is all about? It's about Jesus, the Messiah, God in the flesh, the divine. How can one miss it? First and foremost is this, is be like the innkeeper or be like the people who were in Bethlehem. The town had no room. They simply missed it. No welcome, no hospitality. And maybe they were overwhelmed, but they had no room. Here's a question for each and every one of us. Do you have room? Oh, preacher, I know if I had been in Bethlehem, I would have been ready. It wasn't like Mary and Joseph showed up and Mary said, Hey, everybody, I'm pregnant. And they're probably, well, no, duh, we, we get that. But she didn't go, I'm having God here. Can I at least get a house or a room or a corner in a room? Like at least where there's a fireplace or something. I mean, I'm having God. You don't see her mention or say any of that. There's no room for them there. But that was God's plan. And so she had, as you know, Jesus in a manger. It's interesting. And I don't know who's doing what what, as far as churches and what they're going to do on Christmas Day. Christmas Day lands on a Sunday. Lands on a Sunday. Now, I want to say this. As your pastor, I know we have people on that day who will be traveling, right? You're going to travel. You're going to see family. You won't be in Florence. I get it. I understand it. But, my friend, I say this with love and a little bit of directness, is that if you're here... In town, on Christmas Day, the day we're celebrating the birth of Christ, birthday boy, there's no reason you shouldn't be in church. Listen, your kids, you know it. If you have young kids, they're getting up like at 5 a.m. anyway. 6 a.m. You're going to be up too. You may be a little little droggy. You may even be a little grumpy. I don't know on Christmas morning. But hey, we'll have services that day. One service, no, no connection. 1045. You're going to be up by then. Let's come together as a church family. You're going to be here. Be in church. And listen, what kind of message are we telling our children, our teenagers, if we're not in church On Christmas Day, Jesus' birthday, in his house, celebrating him. It's not a good message if we're not. And so, man, be here. We're going to be here. We're going to be ready. We'll be preaching. And it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful Christmas morning to cap off. And there's some churches, they won't have church on Christmas Day. What? It boggles my mind. Now, I don't know of any other churches and what they're doing here. So I'm speaking ignorantly in this, in this sense. I'm not speaking against a certain church. I have no idea. But what are you doing if you're not having church on Christmas Day on Jesus' birthday? I just don't get it. I, it kind of bothers me, honestly. I, I would have a hard time staying at a church if they're not having church on Jesus' birthday. You know, but Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. I know. I know that. He probably was born in the springtime. But the fact is, is the day December 25th itself, in and of itself, is not divine. But we are celebrating the birth of who is divine. We're celebrating the King of Kings. And I'm thankful that we live in a society, in general, where we do take a day and we go, you know what? We're celebrating 
Christ in his birth. That's still special. It's still special in today's age when you can go to certain places and you hear Christmas songs that are about Jesus. I still think that's awesome. And I think it's always worth celebrating. And maybe, maybe you're one of those and you have that right freedom in Christ. But man, Christmas has become so, so commercialized and it's been that way for a long time. And maybe you're anti... Listen, do your own thing. I'm not going to judge you for it. But as for me and my house... If we have a time we can celebrate Jesus, and even if a, it lands on a Sunday, I'm going to be in God's house and for his church that he bled and died for. And when they showed up, when they showed up, Bethlehem wasn't ready, wasn't ready for the divine. They were ignorant of it, but they didn't know who Mary and Joseph were. They weren't watching they weren't waiting they weren't interested they simply simply were ignorant of who jesus was because many were waiting for the messiah to come but they expected him to be born in some castle in some place of wealth why would you come to bethlehem why would you come so how to miss christmas Man, be like the people of Bethlehem. How to miss Christmas? Be your own king. Now, we're going to come back here to Luke chapter 2. But look with me over to Matthew chapter 2. And we see a man by the name of King Herod. And Herod loved him some Herod. Like he was all about him. He was about protecting himself so much that if you go back, it's not hard to find. Um, You could go into detail. I'm not going to. But he even killed his own family, some of his own wives, some of his own kids um, because he was threatened by their influence. He loved his power. It says in verse 1, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we came, we've come to worship him. Now, we don't know if there were three wise men or if there was ten wise men. We know they brought three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so three gifts, we just assume maybe three of them, but it could have been 20 of them for all we know. But we know this, as they saw something that was supernatural, they saw something of the supernatural star that led them to where the Christ child was, the Messiah. And they were willing to come. Now, some believe they came from Babylon, which is modern day Iraq, because of the influence of Daniel all the way back then when many of the Jewish people were taken captive into Babylon and, and there was an influence of Daniel and others. Possibly, maybe, but we don't exactly know. But what we do know is they believed. What we do know is they were waiting, they were watching, and they knew the Messiah. Something special was going on, and they wanted to know about it. And when they arrived, notice what it says in verse 3. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. You've heard it said, when mama isn't happy, nobody is happy. Well, when King Herod wasn't happy, all of Jerusalem wasn't happy either. And he called a meeting with the leading priest, not a priest, not some priest, the leading priest, the high priest, and the teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Notice they knew in Bethlehem in Judea, they said, and this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, or at least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd of, uh, for my people Israel. 
And then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men and learned from them the time which the star first appeared. And then he told them, go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. And if you know the rest of the story, Herod did not want to worship him. He wanted to murder him. If you read the rest, God warned Joseph in a dream, you need to go to Egypt because Herod's about to kill all the boys two years and, and younger in Bethlehem. Now, Jeremiah, it was a fulfillment of prophecy out of the book of Jeremiah. Now, we have no outside writings outside of the Bible speaking about what happened with the children in Bethlehem. But what's so interesting, and you can find this on YouTube, it's not hard to find, but I was watching a, a YouTube video. Um, by a young couple that does a lot of different videos in Israel. Very fascinating. Um, Sergio and, and Rhoda, that's their, that's their name. Check it out. Pretty, pretty interesting. And they went to a place there in Bethlehem. And in the catacombs, you got different people buried in different areas. And you have certain sizes for adults. But then there's this one area, I think it's 15 to 20 small catacombs. And the tradition is that is where they buried the boys who were killed by Herod. We may have no writing, but why is there 15 to 20 catacombs all together in the tradition, the Jewish tradition, is that is where they buried them. Man, the more you study the Bible, the more and more accurate you see it is. And maybe you're here or you're watching and you have some doubts in your faith um, and you have some questions. That's the way we grow in our faith. It should cause us to dig into God's word and dig in and study and find out more and more. Some of the answers to our questions, we call that apologetics, right? And that's a good thing. Uh, and, and, And so if you were to just study and focus in on the birth of Christ alone... You're going to have a decision to make. You're going to have a decision to make of with all the evidence and the prophecies that have been fulfilled, even some of the outside stuff of what am I going to do with this Jesus? Am I going to follow him? And um, what's interesting is that here's King Herod. He wanted... There to be no other king but him. This little baby, how insecure do you have to be to be threatened by a baby? Herod was pretty insecure. He was a little crazy, too. And he wanted to be the king. So how can you miss Christmas? Man, just worry only about you and your little kingdom. But as Christians, we are called to be focused on the kingdom of God, called to be focused on the gospel. How can you miss Christmas? Here's another way you can miss Christmas. Be religious. Wait a second. I thought being religious is a good thing. And it is. But notice something. Who did Herod go to? He went to the leading priest. He went to the other religious teachers. And they say, oh yeah, we know where he's supposed to be born. Micah 5.2 tells us. It's in your Bible as well. Notice what it says in Micah 5.2. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephratah. Ephratah would have been the, the region of where this Bethlehem was at. Are only a small village among all the people of Judah. So you have Ephratah, you have Judah. And yet, a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past will come uh, from you on my behalf. Now, why does it mention Bethlehem, Ephrathah? You don't sing, oh, little town of Bethlehem, Ephrathah. 
or Ephrathah, whatever they pronounce it. You don't sing it that way. Why? Um, one, doesn't sound as good. But two, there's actually two Bethlehems in Israel, not one. The Bible, when God prophesies something, he gets down to the detail. He gets down right to the, where there leaves no doubt. 600 plus years before the Messiah was born, Micah 5, 2 was written. He said, this is where he's going to be born. There's another Bethlehem in Galilee. If you can go to that Bethlehem today in Galilee and go visit it. You can go to the Bethlehem that's, that's in, um, there in Judah. They're two different. So if you go to Israel and you visit, make sure you're in the right Bethlehem. Or you're going to be like, man, I can't believe I'm in Bethlehem where Jesus was born. And you're, you're in the one up north. You're not in the right you're not in the right one. That's how accurate God's word is. Bethlehem was small back then. Very small. A place where King David had been born. And the scripture prophesied that's where the Messiah is going to be born. And here are these religious leaders. They knew the truth. They knew what Micah 5.2 said. They knew the right answers. And they did nothing. And God desires a relationship with you. He doesn't desire you just to have be religious and just know the answers and go, yep, I know the answer. And you do nothing. God desires our obedience. He desires our obedience. And so you can just be religious and go through the motions. And that leads us to our fourth point when it comes to how to miss Christmas, how to miss the divine is just be familiar. Be familiar. Be familiar with Christmas. Be familiar with the church, things of the church. Now, some of you are like me. You grew up in church. You don't remember the first time you went to church. And we can become so familiar sometimes with church that we lose sight of uh, this is God's place, God's people. The church make up uh, are made up of people, and we meet in a church. And there's nothing, while well, nothing special within of the church building itself, it is a special place because the people. The church meets here, and we meet together. We can easily become familiar and lose focus on that which is divine. When I was a kid, the church we were in, it was a pretty large church, and we had pews, and um, there was carpet, but underneath the pews was, uh, um, I think, hardwood. And um, my brother and I, I was probably six or seven, it, there was just something calling our name to race from the very back, an army crawl all the way from the back to the front, uh, especially Sunday night church was the best time to do it. Um, but uh, uh, And all the muck and the nastiness, I don't know why it, it made it so much fun, but we did it anyway. And we got threatened. There was times we were taken to the bathroom and I had a meeting with the Board of Education with my mother, and it didn't stop us. That's how much fun it was. Was I get it. Sometimes we can become so familiar. And maybe you've grown up in a Christian family. You've grown up in church. And you're missing the point of Christmas because you've become so familiar with everything around you. You grew up in a God-fearing family. But the danger is this. You're just going through the motions. And you're missing what makes Christmas special. Jesus had the same problem. Not he himself, but the people around him. Notice with me in Matthew chapter 13. We're just going to read a couple passages here. Matthew 13. Let me turn there here quickly. And uh, in verse 53. 
is what it reads. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he was telling parables. Jesus was a master storyteller. He would tell parables, which are stories with heavenly meanings or spiritual meanings and illustrations. He left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown, where he taught there in the synagogue. So it was like when you couldn't get to the temple, they had synagogues you could go to, and basically you had church there. And they had their own customs and traditions there as well. And everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter's son. And we know Mary. We know his mother. We know his brothers. James, which later on would write the book of James, his half-brother. Joseph, Simon, Judas, all his sisters live right here among us. Sorry, Catholic Church. He had brothers and sisters very clearly. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. His own hometown. They were so familiar with him. They were so familiar with his mother, his father, his brothers, his sisters. They're like... They were conflicted. How could he be that? But we know him as this. My son played with him. I remember when he was little. I remember when he was a baby. I know his mother. We went to school together. And this, they came so familiar. And there's times we can become so familiar with the things of God, we miss out on what is divine. So how can you not miss Christmas? How can you not miss that which is divine? This Christmas... Don't stop seeking Christ. The wise men, they saw the star. They saw the sign. And so they went. They wouldn't stop until they found Jesus. They were seekers. And wise men, they still seek Christ. Are you a seeker? Just just think about that question. Are you a seeker? Well, preacher, I go to church. I didn't ask you that. It's good to go to church. During the week, what about Monday through Saturday? Are you seeking him? Are you seeking his face? Uh, but, you know, I, I give, I tithe, I do this, I, and I, I, I do some work at church, or I help out in this. And that's wonderful, and I'm glad. And that's part of what we're called to do. But I didn't ask you that. Are you a seeker? Do you come with an expectation to hear from the Lord? Or are you coming with an expectation of the Holy Spirit to speak to you through his word when it's preached or taught in a connection group class? I think God has something for every one of us when we come into his house to hear his word that the Holy Spirit has something for us. Something us to change, something to do. The wise men didn't stop. Here's the next thing is how to not miss Christmas. Christmas. Listen, obey, and follow God's supernatural message. And it is supernatural. Notice back with Luke here. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. Notice, notice when the shepherds, man, the shepherds see the angels. This is that night. There were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And this is one of the reasons we think more than likely Jesus was born in the springtime. Because not there were some shepherds who were with their sheep year-round, but they were out in what we call the shepherd's fields. If you go to Bethlehem today, there is an area that's fields. It's called the shepherd's fields. In fact, it's the same fields in which um, Ruth and Boaz 
and um, met and he owned and and Ruth, um, you know, gleaned from the fields there. It's still there. You can go. That's the tradition. The shepherd's fields. Pretty neat. And it says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Now, I don't know what the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounding them looks like, but I know this. It had light and it was awesome. Awesome. You can imagine just the radiance of the Lord and the angels around them. How frightened you would have been middle of the night. Now think about this. Middle of the night. Now if there was a half moon or a full moon, they had sunlight. But without the moon, I mean, it's not like today, like you're waltzing through and walking the streets of Florence and there's, you know, a lamp here, a lamp there, a street light here. No, this dark. And suddenly, boom, you have light. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will be recognized him by the sign. Here's a sign. So the angel's telling them, shepherds, you're going to go to Bethlehem. There's a sign that's clearly going to show that's not normal. That's unusual. What was unusual? You're going to find a baby wrapped in snuggling strips of cloth. And some believe that was some of the same cloth that they would wrap someone um, for a burial, possibly. But this is where it gets very interesting. Lying in a manger. That is not normal. It wasn't normal then. It's not normal today. And so when you see a manger scene, think of the manger scene a little bit differently. That's a sign God gave to the shepherds. Now, whether, whether he was in a wooden structure or a partial wooden structure in the side of a hill that had a little bit of a cave, they got different ideas and traditions of where that may have been. I don't know, but I know this. It was a sign to them. And they knew, they knew something different here, that God became flesh. And suddenly the angel was joined with a vast host of others and the armies of heaven praising God and and saying glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. If you ever wonder, is there a choir in heaven? Well, apparently so. There's a choir of angels and they were singing away. And so heaven's going to be a place of worship. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in a manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought and thought about them. Man, these shepherds, they didn't waste any time. You can imagine these shepherds out in the field. They're not educated. Angels show up. And every time an angel, it seems, shows up in Scripture, the first thing the angel seems to say usually is, don't be afraid. Why? Because they were afraid. And if you suddenly saw an angel and the, God's radiance was shining around that angel, you would be afraid too. And the light leaves and they look at one another. There's no question. We got to go. Who's staying back with the sheep? Who cares about the sheep? We're going to go. We're going to go see the real shepherd. 
God will have to take care of those sheep. I'm not staying back. And they go. They were seekers. They wanted to hear. They wanted to know. Are you a seeker? Are you willing to obey and to follow God's message? Notice this. God wants to share because he knows we can't live this life on our own. He wants to share something with us. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, is a beautiful passage. It says, by his divine power, not just any power, divine, his supernatural power, God has given us everything we need for God for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. Not by money, not by fame, not by just being a good person, but by getting to know him, by getting to know the Savior. The one who called us to himself by the means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. Not that you are divine within and of itself. And escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. We don't have the resources to live a godly life on our own. We need God's help and he knows it. So God shares with us. And God, by his spirit, by his spirit, empowers us with his own goodness. We get to share God's qualities. You may not feel good enough. You may not feel worthy enough. The fact is, none of us are. But because God is love, he wants to share his divine nature with you, making you more and more like Jesus. Here's the last thing they did. They shared the message of Jesus. And that's how not to make, that's how not to miss Christmas. Share Jesus. Notice me with me in chapter 2 of Luke in verse 25. And at that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And that day the Lord led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus, uh, baby Jesus to the Lord as it all required, Simeon was there and he took the child in his arms and he praised God. This is what he prophesied. So he's waiting Mary and Joseph come to the temple for Jesus' circumcision and his official day that he would be named. Jewish babies were named on the eighth day. Not the first, not the seventh, the eighth day. Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. And Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the baby's mother, notice this. This child, this divine child, is destined to cause many in Israel to fall. But he will be the joy to many others. And he has sent a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts 
of our hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your very soul. Excuse me. Anna was there, a prophet. Also worked in the temple. Her husband died when they were only married seven years. And she went, she couldn't help, as it says in verse 38. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph. And she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. The rescuer had come. He had come. And they were telling everybody they could tell. As Simeon said those words to Mary, it will cause some to fall. and It will cause some to have joy. And that, my friend, hasn't changed. Jesus causes some to trip up. Not to end a sin. But to go, I don't know what to do with this, Jesus. And they reject him. Some even hate him. But to many, to many who have accepted him as their savior, the light of the world has brought them great joy. And my friend, he'll bring you great joy. You see, there's no neutral ground with Jesus. You're either in love with him, for him, and experiencing his joy, or you're not. And so we're called as believers to be sharers. Have you shared Jesus with anybody recently? If not, there's some joy you're missing out on. It's a great way to make Christmas special. As we go to an attitude of prayer, I want to ask you this. Do you know Christ? Have you repented of your sins and put your belief and faith in him? He'll save you. He'll change you in your life. It won't be the same. Will you give him everything? Will you not miss the purpose and the point of Christmas? Christ has come.